Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, everybody, um, to the Green Room Podcast, a special uh, edition, a second Green Room Podcast this week um, to discuss... Um, the ever-evolving situation with Michigan State basketball. Uh, uh, a week ago, uh, seemingly no chance for the NCAA tournament. And all of a sudden, here we are, and uh, like clockwork with March approaching, uh, MSU has found themselves back in the discussion uh, for possibly keeping that streak alive. I'm Tony Paul, joined by Matt Charbonneau. We are both having internet connections, so fingers crossed that we get through this. Uh, but uh, for those of you uh, loyal followers who listened to our podcast earlier this week with Matt Ishbia, um, we had him on and to talk about obviously his generous donation to the university, but also to talk about Michigan State basketball. And he had this to say six games to go in the regular season, they're making the tournament. Matt Ishbia says, right? 100%. Coaches are making the tournament. They always you've seen the, the schedule, right? The you've, seen, you've seen the schedule. I know who they're playing. <laughs> I, I know who they're playing, and I know who they got on their team, and I know who's coaching the team 100%. Izzo's making the tournament. They're going to make it. He does it every year, and they're going to – and I'm going to tell you right now, they'll make a run too. I, I, I believe in them. Those kids are hardworking. Langford's a winner. Hauser's a winner. Rocket Watts, Aaron Henry, these guys, they're working. You know, they, they got to get going. It's not like you, you don't just get given to make the NCAA tournament. We've done it 22 straight years. It's not a given. You got to work your butt off for it, and Izzo will have them doing that. I, it doesn't even cross my mind. Um, which was followed by lots of laughing <laughs> by me and Matthew, uh, who, uh, uh, you know, look, I mean, he said what he said because he's a loyal Spartan and he's always going to stick up for them. I, I don't think that. He would uh, risk his billions and millions on, on, on Michigan State making the tournament at that point. However, here we are. Uh, Michigan State's got a win over Indiana, which was a good win on the road, uh, a win over um, number five, Illinois. And now, just last night, uh, a win over number four, Ohio State. And all of a sudden, you look at Michigan State, they're starting to build a resume, and, and, uh, and uh, it's getting fun again, Matt. You know, I want so people understand just a little insight here. Um, it, we are both on the same page and not believing this was a possibility, but it was, I feel like it was about a little more than a week ago. I don't remember what story I wrote. Yeah, here we and go. It had, just, it had just suggested of what would have to happen for Michigan State to even think about the bubble. All right. There was no judgment in there whether it would happen or whether it was likely to happen. And somebody editing my story, somebody by the name of Tony Paul, that was me. calls me and says, do you really want to? Yeah. Do you really want to say this? He wanted to change it. So I, I don't remember exactly, but you thought just the the just the reference of the NCAA tournament was absurd. And to 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 your credit, you I agreed with you. Yet I was simply stating that there was a path there. Now I. And I put this out on Twitter last night. 
who in the world outside of Matt Ishbia or anyone in that locker room would have believed that that path was a manageable one. I mean, of course the opportunity was there, but at no point had this team shown us anything that would think they could turn around, that they could find some offensive identity, that they could be in the position they're in now. So to, to say that we're at this spot just less than a week later, I don't think remarkable is too much to say because this team doesn't resemble anything I've seen in the last couple months at all. Uh, so, no. I, um, and to my, uh, to be fair to myself, <laughs> uh, I read that, you know, because for those who don't know, I do some, I do writing, obviously the news, but I also do editing and do internet stuff and, and all, a little bit of everything. And I happened to be editing your story that day. This was before the Indiana game. And, uh, you know, it, I think the line was, you know, it was something like, you know, they'd have to go 500 at least over their final stretch to even have a chance to be in the discussion or something like that. And my point was, uh, because again, we all thought what we thought there was no chance here um, because of what we've, we'd seen. I mean, yeah, they could, you know, of course they could have run the table and made the NCAA tournament. The point was nobody saw how that would happen because, and that was what we asked Matt Ishbia when he was on, and making all these, you know, seemingly ridiculous statements about Michigan State is definitely going to make the tournament. And I think I asked the question, um, how? <laughs> because, there, because there was, yes, of course, they could have won all their games and made the tournament. But the point that you just made is that we saw nothing to suggest. I mean, they lose by 30 to Iowa or whatever. You know, they're losing to good teams, bad teams. You know, we didn't see anything on the court that suggested that they were going to be able to turn this thing around. And uh, so in fairness to me, when I was editing your story, I was looking out for you because I didn't want the Twitter, the Twitter, you know, the Twitter thongs to come after you for even suggesting that MSU had a chance because at the time there was no chance. I mean, nobody thought other than again, Matt Ishbia, who's just a genius and maybe that's why he's a billionaire and good for him. Um, But holy crap. I mean, here we are. Uh, and by the way, this all started from the time I put, I bet the money line uh, with Michigan State, Indiana, yeah. <laughs> um, because I just felt like Indiana wasn't a great, great opponent. And I'm like, Izzo's got pride, obviously. Um, we've seen them turn it on late in the seasons before. Now, never in this dire situation um, of trying to make the tournament. But so. By the way, I bet the money line on Michigan State each of the last three games. Um, coincidence? I don't know. But here we are. Um, and uh, and Michigan State all of a sudden um, is in the mix. They're not in by any stretch of the imagination. They have work to do. Um, but let's start first, Matt, with what in the hell changed with this? Well, thing? clearly it was your betting uh, strategy. Other than, other than that. Other than that. Oh, all right. Well, you know, the funny thing is, too, is they're not in right now. And you look at some of the bracketologies, like Lenardi still has him as a first four out, which is which was a massive jump because yeah. Lenardi does the first four out and the next four out. And Michigan State was off the board until yeah, they were week. off the board. Uh, CBS, Jerry Palm has them in as in the first four. You're, you're, but you're almost to the point now where you now you'd be surprised if they don't um, just based on what we've seen and based on the fact that the next two games. Uh, Maryland's won four in a row and playing as well as just about anybody. But you consider it's a Maryland and Indiana team you just beat. 
you would expect to, if you win one of those games going into the two Michigan games, you're in pretty good shape. If you pull off a Michigan win, that's, I mean, three top fives. In, well, that does it. I think, I mean, you're, that has to, at that point, you can stop thinking about first four and you can start right. saying, where are they, where are they on 11 or even a 10 if things get silly, you know, where, and what's their matchup? But how about this? How'd you like, how'd you like to be one of those, you know, say, say they get to be an 11 or, or a 10 yeah, or something yeah. like that. And, and you're the yeah. two seed in that region. Yeah. How, how would you like to see that? I mean, yeah. Michigan State has just beaten two teams that are likely going to be on the one or two line. Um, I'm not sure you want to see that. But how did Michigan State get here? There's, there's, I think there's a lot that goes into it. It's, it's hard to point at one thing. Obviously, we can look at the move to the four-guard lineup in the second half at Indiana when you went with, you know, Watts, Henry, Langford, Gabe Brown. And they've stuck with that really predominantly for the next couple of games here. And, you know, the production has varied from each guy. And Rocket Watts was not good last night at time, but he'd been so good for two games. I mean, he had one turnover over two games in about 63 minutes. Um, you look at the way Gabe Brown came up in the Indiana game. And then last night, I mean, he made some big shots last night when that game was on the verge of getting out of hand. You know, Josh Langford had a great defensive play after he turned it over, but a great block on, on Justin Arns. And Gabe Brown came back down and hit a bucket. You went from a game that could have been an 11-point game or what a double-digit game, and then Gabe Brown hits that jumper and out to a five-point game, and you're feeling totally differently. Um, so I think that lineup change has been big. Guys like Gabe Brown and Rocket Watts stepping up their level of play that we haven't seen this year. Um, and, you know, look, Aaron Henry's been Aaron Henry for a while, but in this last, but last night. week, I mean, he's been he's been everything you expected him to be. Right over these last handful of games, and when you combine that with Josh Langford, yeah, I mean, look, Langford last night made two shots, but how important was he in that there game? Were, there were two huge shots, right? And, and yeah, that shot he made with thirty seconds left, you know, right after Aaron Henry just made one from the, you know, a deep two like that. Those are shots that absolutely weren't coming early in the season. Think about that game at Iowa a couple I'd of weeks ago. Not. Michigan, no, not the home <laughs> game at oh, Iowa. Yeah. Oh, okay. They have a chance right. to tie the game in the last right. however many seconds, and Josh Langford has that shot to tie it, and it goes halfway down and pops out. Right. Think about that to where he's come. It, it'd be easy for that guy to say the hell of this, um, but to see the way he's played, I mean, 16 rebounds the other night against Illinois, that was that was insane. Um, yeah. It's just a guy who's clearly saying, I'm not, I don't know if I'm gonna save this thing, but I'm not. I'm not going out, not giving everything I got. And no, I think that's the whole shots. It's, 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 it's remarkable. Cause you see these guys, you didn't change the guys, right? Well, they're no. just suddenly, they're suddenly making these clutch plays and they're, you know, the turnovers are still a problem. So they, they weren't are. so much against, not so much against Illinois the other night, but they were last night. Yeah. There was you, some you almost sit there, yeah. You sit there and think, look at the way they put it against Illinois when they only had eight turnovers and they were controlled that game the whole way. And right. Illinois is a legit top five team. You know, they were able to get by Ohio State and still turn it over. It's like if these guys could take care of the ball, you you can't really count them out in any game. The problem is you also can't count out a 30-point loss. Right. (laughs) But the the thing that you see, I mean, it's just – I mean, it's hard to – you just see the confidence growing, especially with Henry – who, you know, all season long, Michigan State's looking for someone to turn to. And we talked about this way back in November and December about how they didn't have the guy that could take over. But we thought at the time that the depth was so good. And then, the, you know, they went, you know, on just a total free fall. But you're seeing Henry 
uh, especially last night, but in several games now where he just has the ball and it's, he's just he's looking to take over the game. And uh, and that's what they're they were missing that. And, uh, uh, you, you know, so you see the confidence growing. Last night's game was so fun. Uh, I mean, they you know, they tie the game at 40. You know, Chris Holman gets the technical and then Ohio State responds with nine in a row uh, to go up 49, 40. And the game could have gone just completely over, you know, at that point. I mean, Ohio State could have run away with it because this is a damn good Ohio State team. We saw that against Michigan. Um, and Michigan State responded. It was just uh, – you, you see, uh, you know, there's intangibles in, in all sports. But, in, you know, with a team like Michigan State, um, you know, maybe the talent level isn't what we thought it was. But you're starting to see a sense of pride for sure about what the program is and the responsibility that they have to – put the program's success on its back and try to live up to those that came before them. You're seeing that. That's what's going on here. I mean, there's a ton of pride and now the confidence is building to go along with that. And uh, it's a dangerous team. Like you said, if they were to get in and they were to be in a 10 or 11, um, that's a dangerous opponent for a second round team. Yeah. Um, if, if they are a first round team, obviously, you know, and so, um, you know, we talk about it, you know, Sunday at Maryland, Tuesday at Indiana, uh, Thursday and March 7th, uh, I think that's the following Tuesday or what, whatnot, uh, at, uh, at Michigan, then home against Michigan. Um, but Lenardi, like you mentioned, he has them now on the first four out, which again, big jump, you know, that's, I mean, they're still out, but big jump. Um, and he is by all accounts, you know, one of the big experts, uh, on, on this bracketology. Um, but he's got Indiana as the last four in. So if Michigan state were to go beat Indiana again, you would think given that, Michigan State starting to build a resume here. You would think that those two teams would flip. Um, you know, Michigan State would be among the first final four in, and Michigan or in Indiana would be among the first four out. Um, but Sunday's game against Maryland's big because it, you don't want to stop the momentum. Uh, you don't want to, and uh, you know, you don't want to. You know, at this point, you just don't want to give the NCAA tournament committee a, a reason. Um, I mean, and then the two Michigan games. If you were to win one of those. You've now beaten number three, number four, number five in the country in the span of two weeks. And I don't I have to look it up. I can't imagine that's happened many times in the history of college basketball in the regular season um, uh, to, to do what the, they have a chance to do. So um, there, it's right there in front of them now. It's amazing. You know, a week ago, no shot, you know, and uh, and that was OK. You know, 22 years, a long streak. You're going to eventually end the streak. And then here we are after 30 minutes of laughing in Matt Ishbia's face on the last podcast. And all of a sudden, Michigan State and Tom Izzo are uh, making us look foolish as they've done before. Well, yeah. And, and a couple of things you mentioned about the pride and whatever. And, and I singled out some of these guards. The thing Tom Izzo said last night, again, is that they're getting a lot. They're getting something out of a lot of guys. You know, and when you start to look at some of those bigs that have been much maligned and for good reason. Um, you look at these last couple games, and there's every one of them's doing something at some point. They're not taking over games, but they're doing something important. And Marcus Bingham, the last couple of games, has given you some key minutes. He's had some good, you know, some good stretches here and there. Even Julius Marble uh, has been solid. Thomas Kithier hasn't played a ton, and he's gotten all sorts of heat from this fan base, and and me too. Um, but his he came in in the Indiana game was the only guy who could defend Trace Jackson Davis. He came in last night, only played about five minutes, but got three offensive rebounds in that stretch. I mean, they're getting a lot from 
everybody on that roster. Um, and it's all happening with Foster Lawyer as an assistant coach. <laughs> and now some people will tell you uh, that's uh, been an addition because they've been forced to go with that different kind of rotation at guard. Um, you know, we can debate that all day, but it, it's clear they're getting something from everybody at this point. And now here's, here's the, what's so, I'm trying to think of the right word to describe this big 10 right now. It's so hard and the opportunity is all there for a team to make up ground. But then you have the reality of you're going to Maryland against a team that is an NCAA tournament team right now and has won four in a row. Like nothing gets easy at any oh. point. You just beat two top five teams. Now you got to go on the road and beat a Maryland team, which has been beating everybody for the last couple of weeks. So, but, but which is also yeah. a beatable, which is also a beatable team. Right. They are the yeah. same with when they went to Indiana last weekend, it was right. kind of the same feeling right. of, you know, Indiana's got some good wins, but it's not like they're, you know, world beater, same with Maryland. The, the point is you can't, you've, you've put yourself in this spot of having little to no margin for error. And, and we're going to see that over these next two games. You don't want to then go give away these two games. I don't say give away, but if you go and lose these next two games, you're not quite in the position you were before, but you kind of feel that way again. And with two games against Michigan left. So you want to take care of business and you certainly want to do it in both these games. They win both these games, Maryland and Indiana. I think they're in regardless what they do with Michigan, but you really want to win. You want to split them at the worst, take your chances with Michigan, maybe get one of those. You, you do something like that. And the big 10 tournaments, just gravy. You're just, well, right. I, I mean, so, I, you know, that, that was the debate last night on Twitter after the game is that, you know, all of a sudden, you know, it's funny because you, you know, I mean, you, I mean, MSU has been just an, a complete afterthought in the grand sports universe for a, Oh, well over a month. Like if people watch their games and they lose and no one cares. And if they win great, it was probably against Nebraska. Uh, you know, so it's like, no, what, you know, they just, they're ha they haven't been in the spotlight at nearly as much as what they normally would. Now they are. And so now the discussion really amped up last night over what they need to do. And if you look at these four games, I agree with you, a split they're in, um, they, you know, that would be the, you know, or, they beat Michigan once, and I think it's awfully hard to to keep them yeah. out. I mean, you look at their resume, you know, uh, obviously not much to start the year. They, they happen to beat a Duke team that isn't a typical Duke team. Still on the road, still a good win. They beat a Notre Dame team. Uh, they beat Rutgers. Uh, but now, if you beat three, four, five, I mean, it's awfully hard to, um, to, to keep them out. And I don't care what anyone says. The reputation matters. Um, yeah. The streak matters. The con NCAA committee can say it doesn't and say that they look at the, we look at what's in front of the BS. That's, it matters. If there's a, if, 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 if it's a coin toss, whether Michigan state is in or they're out, there's going to be no coin toss. They're going to be in. I mean, that's just, that's just reality. Um, they also went 20 days off. Um, and I think that COVID is going to be discussed a lot in that, in that NCAA committee room as well. Um, that that affected a lot of teams, and Michigan State was affected more than many in the Big Ten, and and came back and and looked like a team that had not played or practiced in twenty days, and all of a sudden, you know, Izzo mentioned it to you guys the other day that these guys are just now getting healthy and and strength back, and you know, from having all that time off, in some cases having the virus, um, and uh, man, I mean, it's just. Uh, I think beat Michigan and you're in split and you're in. Um, I think the one where you need to win a big 10 tournament game is if you go one and three 
and don't beat Michigan. And then yeah. I think you're going to, you might have a little to do um, at, at the big 10 tournament, uh, but at least they're off that Wednesday line right now, which they've never been on um, at the big 10 tournament. It's like Wednesday. Yeah. State doesn't play big 10 tournament games on Wednesday. They've never done I usually, that. I usually don't even show up till Thursday. Morning, <laughs> right. Come on. Yeah, so at least they're off that line now. Um, and uh, right now, if you look at the bracket, they would open against, I think, Maryland. And then if they win that game, that would be Michigan, which would be the third time they would play in basically a week, uh, which would be in- incredible. Um, but, uh, you know, I say split with Michigan. Look, that Michigan team is so good. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, the odds are against Michigan State winning one of those games. It's just, I mean, but, um, you know, it's a rivalry and Michigan State's playing pretty damn good. They're not playing. I don't think they're playing, you know, as good as they've ever played in the history of Michigan State basketball. You know, they I mean, these games have been close. Um, the Illinois game, they controlled from the beginning. The Ohio State game, you know, maybe they got a couple calls. I would argue that Ohio State got a couple calls in their favor. There were two whistles that were I thought I was watching the game on tape delay. They were so late um, against Michigan State. So Holtman can go crazy and he's lucky he didn't get booted from the game with five minutes to go. Um, and the refs, I thought, showed extreme patience with, with his antics. But, um, you know, they didn't play the best that they can play yesterday, but they're finding ways to win, and right now that's what they need to do. Yeah, totally. I mean, they played much better against Illinois. And, look, right. they played twice in three days. So, right. you know, I didn't, I didn't expect Thursday's game was going to be a masterpiece. It certainly wasn't. Again, we've, we've mentioned the turnovers ad nauseum, the fouling. They've got to stop fouling so much. I mean, teams are in the bonus halfway through the half. Right. And you especially know, they, they got teams. really unfortunate. Yes. I mean, that's a really good free throw shooting team. Right. Uh, and, and you they, put and Ohio they, State to the line a lot. You're usually going to lose pretty handily. So. Yeah. And some of it is the way they got to defend some of these bigs like against Illinois. It is what it is. But it's kind of more the, you know, some of the guards they struggle with. Dwayne Washington was getting past Rocket Watts a lot last night. It, you know, that wasn't happening. Certainly they defended Io pretty well on Tuesday. But those sort of fouls, they've got to start limiting. Um, I mean, you played what six, seven minutes of that first half without Aaron Henry and Josh Langford, and you can see a significant difference in that team when they're not out there. Um, so those are things that need to be, get cleaned up, um, you know. But to say their turnaround has been remarkable, shocking, uh, hard to predict, impossible to predict, I think is all fair. So I, we'll see where they go from now. I, it's Illinois, it, it just. Yeah. Yeah, the Illinois game was eye-opening because they controlled that game. And people could say, oh, Illinois didn't show up. Well, you know, the bottom line is they're the fifth-ranked team in the country. They got a massive mountain of a man that you have to guard down low or just foul or whatever, uh, but a huge challenge. And Michigan State controlled that game from the get-go, and that was the game. The Indiana game was a good win. Don't get me wrong. It's on the road. Um, it, it sent a little bit of a statement that, hey, we still have a pulse, maybe not much of one, but we have a pulse. And But the Illinois game, that's why going into the Ohio State game, that wasn't anywhere near as shocking because you could see, you could see Izzo change things up. I mean, he had nothing to lose. I mean, he had to do something. What was what he was doing wasn't working. Um, it hasn't worked. And, uh, you know, they're, uh, they're on a roll. It's fun. It's good to see Michigan State back in the discussion, just in the general world of sports, you know, especially in Michigan right now, the state of Michigan, where there's not many good sports teams. You have Michigan basketball, and that's it. Um, and so it's, it's fun to see Michigan State kind of join the discussion again. You know, um, the, the interesting thing I heard both nights post game from Brad Underwood and from Chris Holtman, and some of this might be 
trying to take some of the sting from their own teams. But both of them referenced Michigan State. This is a team that was a top five team in the country at one point. And I don't care. And, and I, Chris Holtman said, or maybe it was Underwood, it doesn't matter, fans, man. You, when you come into this building, you know that you're not in for an easy night. You just know it. And knowing that still, Michigan State was able to, to pull these games out. It's like these teams understand, you know, a tough game. Right. And they know that Michigan State wasn't as bad as what we've seen. We just hadn't had any sign that that was going to turn around. Um, but it, well, is, they, it well, is. Well, they were that bad. <laughs> they were. You're right. They were. But it was. It was. You could understand. That you you can see why they're looking and saying, "Look, this is. These are the same guys that did win some games early in the year. You know, right. they've gone through some stuff. Whatever. Um, but it's – we just – we none of us expected it was going to come back together this year. I mean, we, there was just no sign of it, and here we are now. You're right. It is kind of – it's almost kind of refreshing to have something to talk about, care about, pay attention to. I mean, it was it, – this wasn't what we were used to. And who knows where it ends or how it goes. They could lose right. every game the rest of the way and not make it. I, I just – Well, right. I don't uh, think – that's, that's the thing. Like, it's – they're not in – I mean, right. I mean, we we have we have some games to watch here, and like you said, Maryland's a tough opponent. They're beatable. I mean, they're very beatable. Yeah. Um, well, Indiana, Michigan State's proving at this point that yeah. most just about anybody in the Big Ten's beatable right now. Oh, I look, I look, I look at through the Big Ten, and I see, I I see one elite team and a lot yeah. of good teams. Um, <laughs> I mean, Michigan is so far ahead of you know of where the other teams are. I mean, destroying great teams or uh, perceived great teams um, on, a, on a regular basis. It's, it's impressive. And Michigan State, you know, I, I don't expect them to win one of those two games, which is why I think that, you, you know, these next two are really important. Yeah. I uh, guess yeah. Mar- at Maryland and, and versus Indiana. If you win both those games, um, you're, you, the NCAA committee is going to have an awfully hard time shutting you out. Your yeah. resume all of a sudden yeah. has some, some quality to it. It already does. But uh, but you win these next two, and all of a sudden you're 500 in the Big Ten, which you know I mean that's damn good um, on an overall scale. Now it was ugly getting to that point, uh, right. watching them get blown out by you know watching them get blown out by Iowa, watching them lose to that terrible loss at Purdue, which kind of triggered a lot of this, um, which was the peak of the downfall. The losing to what they lose to Northwestern. I mean, uh, that was a yeah. long time ago now. Yeah, but they did. I mean, and that's a bad team. You know, it just got killed uh, by the, Minnesota. The, yeah, yeah, brutally killed by Minnesota, which is a team that obviously isn't great. Um, so, uh, yeah, the thirty-point loss to Rutgers. I mean, uh, you know, it's 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 been ugly getting to this point. And so we're not to say that these wins erase that part of the resume. It still exists. Those games are on there, and they're ugly. And so that's why, I, you know, it's going to take more than just one win uh, in these four. And the last, that one win is again against Michigan. And even then, I still think to be safe, you'd have to win. You'd, you'd want to win definitely a Big Ten tournament game. Yeah. So, uh, well, it's but, five. I mean, five quad one wins now, I think it is. And that's right. more than a lot of people have out there. Well, so. I think you, I think Ohio State has more quad one wins than anybody, right? Or, Pretty close. Probably, yeah, I'm, I'm not looking at it right now. I think I think during the Michigan game, I think they mentioned that, um, and so uh, so that obviously is a huge win, um, and uh, um, and you know it's it's just fun to fun to you know to talk about this, and you know in a sick way, I bet Izzo kind of likes this. You know, <laughs> I, I I honestly do. Um, he's you know coaches are weird, 
and they they kind of thrive off negativity and adversity and when everything's going too well you know you're just kind of i mean sparky anderson said that back in 84 when everything's going too well you're just afraid you know that the roof is going to cave in you know uh all of a sudden um and uh, you know so all all season long he was sparky was stressed because of the start they got off to and if they didn't win the world series oh my god it was the biggest failure ever so when things are going too good sometimes you know you know, it's more difficult than in this situation where it's you against the world and uh, knowing Izzo a little bit and you know him a lot more uh, in a sick way. I honestly think he's enjoying the hell out of this right now. Probably because he's pretty predictable in normal seasons. If they get on a win streak, you can count about you know, about four or five games into it when he's going to manufacture something to be mad about. You know, they can win a game by 25 and he comes into his post game rant and raving about. I don't know, somebody missing a switch in the 10 minutes into the game. You know, it's so you're right. There is something to that. There's, you know, there's plenty, plenty for them to work on right now. So it's not like he has to manufacture anything. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's a pizza. I, I couldn't have guessed uh, uh, here, but I, you're right. It is, it is. I, it's funny. I said, I feel like I said a while back to eight and 12, nine and 11 in this conference gets you in. I feel like I was scoffed at for that too. And if they win these next two games and still lose to Michigan, both of them, they'll be nine and 11. And I, yeah, I don't I, see, I, I, I don't see a nine and 11 team from this conference, not getting in, especially uh, with, especially with the wins they have. I mean, well, if all now, their wins yeah. were against Nebraska non-conference games, okay, maybe, but they've, They've added that element to the resume now. When you throw that in with the Rutgers win, um, you know, and if they beat Maryland, that'll be another good win. It's you look at those quality of wins, and it's just it's hard to see them not getting in. But again, I just go back to I don't know how to help. In a week's time, it has shifted like this. I mean, we're sitting there watching it, and you're seeing the guys play differently, and you just you want to be able to say, well, here's why, but there's no real concrete reason why, other than they've just started playing better. You mentioned know, that, yeah. the, with the heart yeah. and the attitude and the pride that there's something to that. Well, there yeah. there is because nobody wants to be that team yeah. that people look back on that ended the streak. You know, I mean, think about the team in 90, what was it, 96, the last team that didn't make it or whatever, 97. You know, they I'm sure they hate the fact that they were the last team that didn't make it. And this team, I'm sure, would be embarrassed if they were the first team in more than two decades. That, that didn't make it. So, you know, sometimes when you talk about pride and heart, blah, 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 all athletes have that. Okay. Um, but in this situation, given the history and, and the, uh, the, the, the expectation, um, you know, I, uh, uh, I think that that is a more of a factor than it would normally be for a typical college basketball team. But that made, yeah, that made me think a real quick story in 2014 when Michigan state lost to Connecticut in that regional final, that meant, that group of seniors, right. Keith Appling, Adrian Payne, they were the first senior group not to make a Final Four. Mm -hmm. And I remember Appling in that Madison Square Garden locker room. He, the dude couldn't look up. I mean, he was crushed. And a lot of it was that. They had that riding on them. And they were a favorite going into the tournament that year. Everyone was healthy. Everyone was picking them to win. And they came up against a Connecticut team that couldn't miss a shot in the second half. Um, but that's, that's the kind of pride you're talking about. Yeah. They didn't want to be that group that let that thing go. And the same with these guys, they don't want, they don't want to be that group that ended 22 years of this. It doesn't mean they're going to win the big 10. doesn't mean they're going to make the final four. 
but there's something there to have some pride in and they're just kind of not letting it go. You're seeing it. And it's, yeah. it's been pretty impressive. I, we'll see where it ends, but yeah. At, this, yeah, at this point, honestly, you feel like you'd be more surprised if they don't just keep winning. Not that, not that they're going to win every game the rest of the right. regular season here, but you'd be surprised if they're going into the last Michigan game thinking, Oh crap, we've lost three in a row. Yeah. We need to win one now. I, no. but it doesn't you know, feel like that's yeah. coming in. So but they're, but they're, you know, look, they're playing a Maryland team that that would like to improve its resume. They're playing an Indiana team that's on the bubble, um, you know, yeah. and they're playing a Michigan team that is just looks unstoppable um, right now. Um, so yeah, that's that's real quick. That's the thing we got to always remember too. That team on the other side, they got a lot on the line too. I think that's oh, yeah. what you saw Illinois Tuesday night, where both teams were just wanted to kill each other. Right. I mean, Illinois still had a shot at the Big Ten championship. They were only two behind Michigan, and Michigan State's yeah. playing for their lives. So you see that it's going to be the same, not so much with Maryland Sunday. I think they're pretty, they're solidly in, but Indiana, absolutely. No, Tuesday. they're playing for their lives and Michigan's playing for a one seed. And, uh, yeah. and that's a big deal. I mean, a one seed's a big deal. Ohio state was playing for a one seed. Um, they probably lost their one seed last night. And so, uh, you know, their chance at it, unless they go on, you know, win the big 10 championship and who knows, but um, yeah, Sunday at Maryland, Tuesday at home against Indiana, Thursday at Michigan, March 7th, Tuesday, I guess, right? Oh, it's uh, Sunday. That's next Sunday, Phil. Next Sunday? Yeah. Are they playing two times in four days? Yes. Oh, yes. my goodness. Oh, jeez. That's why this finish is so ridiculous. Uh, yeah, not, only so, is it, not only is it good teams, but you're you're getting essentially no breaks. So. Well, and the key – another key here is no more 30-point losses. Uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, there, there's enough of those on the, on the docket, you know, on the resume. You know, be competitive. Win it, win these first two games, win one of them, and give Michigan all holy hell, uh, which you expect them to do anyway. Um, and uh, you know, look, Michigan beat Michigan's uh, elite Michigan State teams when they shouldn't have. I mean, that's what happens in rivalries, you know. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, it's it's not out of the question. But no more thirty point losses, and uh, and and win these first two. I mean, go get it. You know, they clearly are are taking matters into their own hands uh, with these last three games. Um, but uh, the momentum can't stop. These next two are are probably more important than the Michigan games. Um, yeah, and, uh, and now and that so, you've yeah, you're right. Now that you've put yourself in the spot, don't yeah. don't lose it now. But no. as Aaron Henry said so eloquently last night, uh, you know, don't applaud a fish for swimming, which was <laughs> hilarious. This guy's becoming a quote machine. His point was, we we know how to win here. Yeah. You know, we, we should well, that's, be a, that's, a, that's what people forget, but you know, in, in our defense, and and all due respect to Aaron Henry, I mean, you lost you lost by a billion to Minnesota and Iowa, and you lost to Northwestern, and I mean, you know, you barely beat Penn State, you barely beat Nebraska. I mean, all due respect, but you haven't been swimming, and so that's why no one, you know, no one was giving you guys a chance uh, until now. Uh, even the, so even, even, the, even yeah. the Illinois game didn't cause this kind of talk, even though yeah. Illinois was ranked five. It's a good win. Now you've beaten another top five team consecutively. All of a sudden, here you are. Go get it. Now it's right there for you. Because, yeah, 9-11 and 11 in the Big Ten is enough. That'll get you in. You beat Rutgers. You also beat Duke in the non-conference. You beat Notre Dame in the non-conference, which isn't – neither one of those wins are what they would normally be in a typical year, but they're not they're, – they're still good wins. And uh, and now you've put yourself in position the Big Ten nine and eleven in the Big Ten with the wins that they have would certainly qualify without you know you don't want to get to the point where you're giving the committee a decision and you don't want to get to the point you don't want to 
end up at the point where you're giving the committee a chance to be roundly criticized by putting you in Um, because everyone, you know, everyone will notice that Michigan state is in and uh, you don't want to give the the committee a reason to um, want to avoid controversy by putting you in. That's why these next two are huge. You win these next two nine and 11 in most years would still be good enough. But this year with the, with the state of the big 10, I mean, come on. I mean, that's, that certainly qualifies you. But it's these next two games. Again, I think they're more important than Michigan. So they're, we got to wrap big. it up. You got yeah, work to if, do. If you get a chance, go check out the social media on um, Aaron Henry's uh, fish statement. There's some Michigan State and he are having some fun with it. So check if when when you take a break from checking out these script state football helmets. Oh yes, they yes, revealed yes. Uh, that were supposed to be worn at Maryland before that game got uh, posted. So why not? Why not the jersey? Why not the jersey? I don't know. I don't know. Like, I mean, it's I mean, probably easier to change. It's easier to put together a quick new helmet than I get it. But at night, I mean, they got Nike. I mean, then Nike can put together some slick uniforms. I mean, if you're going to do the helmet, I don't understand why you wouldn't do the Jersey. Maybe Maybe they they will next year. Maybe they will. Well, maybe they will this year. I mean, you know, I mean, they got time, you know, maybe they'll decide to do it. So, uh, but anyway, go ahead. No, no, they might, Uh, but yeah. um, Yeah. yeah, So check out that. That's pretty, it's pretty funny. And Aaron Henry, another one last night on Langford's shot. He says, I call that six in the morning. It's like every time I come in in the morning, you're shooting that shot. So, by the way, did you see God the video? Bless Aaron Henry. You see the video about 30 minutes after the game, Gabe Brown is still in uniform, kind of work practicing on the court. Every night. Yeah, he does that's, it that's every incredible. night. That's incredible. That's yeah, incredible. You know, when you're at Michigan State games, it's it's like clockwork a certain amount of time after the game. There he is back yeah. on the court shooting. And that's, uh, but that's, if, if you, if you know Gabe, that's kind of how he operates. So absolutely. absolutely. All right. Yeah. Well, check out, I'll check out Matt's coverage of Michigan state basketball, DetroitNews.com. Um, he's got fresh stories up uh, already. Um, he'll be talking to players and coaches later this afternoon um, ahead of Sunday's game against Maryland. And uh, so check him out on Twitter at Matt Charbonneau. Check me out on Twitter. Holy Paul 1984. Again, politics free for the most part on Twitter. So come back, <laughs> join the party. Uh, and uh, stay tuned. Obviously, all our coverage on, on DetroitNews.com, including Michigan basketball. James Hawkins has been all over that. That's going to become a very cool, big story. Uh, it already is. I mean, how good they are. So uh, that's it for this episode of The Green Room. There's two in a week. We'll try to keep – we'll try oh, to keep – we won't geez. keep up at that level. Uh, put it for wanted, overtime. But we wanted to touch base on Michigan State Hoops, uh, you know, with where they are compared to where they were just a few days ago when we did our last podcast. So – um, we'll try to do these more as the uh, postseason inches closer here and as uh, March Madness gets in full swing. But for now, he's Matt Shiver. I'm Tony Paul, and we'll see you later. See ya.